This is Alexa Curtis, and you're listening to the new Unfiltered. Every week, you can call in and give me your problems, and I'll help you get through them. In a friendship you need to get out of, we've all been there. Boyfriend cheat on you? You're not alone. Can't land your dream job? Join the party. Every Monday at 5 a.m. on the new Unfiltered. Whatever time of the day you are tuning in to the new Unfiltered, this is Alexa Curtis. I am a 23-year-old entrepreneur. I started as a fashion blogger back in 2011. If you are new to the journey, the fearless lifestyle, the unfiltered lifestyle, what is up? You might know me from my old podcast, This Is Life Unfiltered, and then my Radio Disney show, Fearless Every Day. A little bit of background on this show, this is turning into a call-in show starting in February, where every single week I will be taking your direct phone calls and talking with you and getting you through things that I've probably experienced in my life. And if I don't have the insight for you, I'll be reaching out to experts, and I'm very excited about this. But up until that new season comes out, I've been talking to many of you and getting a lot of emails and just really starting to notice what it seems like your struggles are. And as you progress in your life and the world shifts back to hopefully normal, but this new normal, I want to be there to guide each and every one of you through this podcast and through my platform, or if we're ever able to talk on the phone or on Zoom, I want to be able to guide you through these moments. So first of all, huge shout out to the new president and the vice president. I'm so glad we got that piece of shit, Trump, out of office. It's an amazing, amazing time. History is happening. I'm very annoyed because there's a fan above my fucking head at this empty WeWork that I literally came here thinking would be filled with hot guys. So if you're hearing this fan, I can't control it. And I realize that every single WeWork in America has these stupid fans in conference rooms, the only place that fans shouldn't be. So back to history. It is incredible to watch this progression. And obviously, I think a lot of people feel so relieved, but equally nervous and anxious for what is to come. And that is totally expected. I also feel nervous about what's to come in this new year. But that being said, I'm very optimistic and I'm especially excited to begin soon enough once this program is ready, matching many of you with your dream mentor, something that I never had when I was growing up. But a lot of times I'm on the phone with many of you and it seems like the common struggle is the, I don't know what the exact right term is, but I guess not struggle. But the question I seem to be getting most often recently is how I basically was able to do all of these things to get to where I am. And I always say it's very important that when you look at my story, you look at all of it. You don't look at the beginning of my journey as my Radio Disney show. You don't look at the beginning of my journey as when I started the Be Fearless Summit. You literally look at my journey from the beginning. And I wanna walk you through this journey as in-depth as I can from my memory, which is like frequently awful. I have the worst memory in the world. uh, To try and explain to you how important it is that you get out of your comfort zone, that you try and you say yes to everything because Everything you do is going to teach you something about yourself. And what many of you I find are missing is that the fear of what will happen completely overtakes the possibility of what will come when you get that yes. And so 
I want to take it back to the beginning. So I started this blog back in 2011. I've probably said that a million times. I grew up in a very small town in Mansfield, Connecticut. My mom was a nurse and my dad was in sales. My dad was also wrongfully convicted when I was seven and put in a maximum security prison. So I guess it's quite remarkable that I'm sitting here talking to you today because I've had a very traumatic life. I am not just some girl from Connecticut who started a blog. There's a lot of stuff that's happened in my life that has played a key role in me being this influence for you guys. But that's that being said, it's been filled with trials and tribulations my journey. I also have one half sister. She currently lives in Turkey, but we have a 16 year age difference. So when I started this blog, she had already moved out. I was still living at home, but she was actually one of the main people who, one of the only people actually who had had this idea with me. I think everyone just kind of saw me as that kid who really couldn't figure things out. I didn't have many friends and I was very antisocial. Like I got very scared being around people. I got very scared meeting new people. I just felt very comfortable around people that I knew or like the two friends that I had. And I certainly was nowhere near cool. Like I wasn't a cheerleader. I didn't date guys on the sports teams. I was very nerdy until I really kind of came into myself. So what happened is I basically started this blog and I called it a life in the fashion lane. And I've again said this a million times too, but when I started, I didn't expect anything. So when I'm asked now, what was what were those moments like when you became successful and when you started to feel like things were working out? And it really took me a long time to get there because even at such a young age, I didn't even expect to become successful. I didn't expect to start a company out of this. So it has been very unique for me in the way that many of you now, you only want to do something if the payoff is is there, if you're going to get the return. And it's a totally different ball game when you're in this for the long run or you're doing something as a side hustle or a hobby because you're more willing to not get so focused on the moments that are bad or that you get rejected, you're more so just focusing on keeping going, like staying strong in it. So anywho, so I'm 12 and I start this blog and it was really, truly just an outlet for me. Like I loved to write. And when I say I did very poorly in school, I did very poorly in school. My grades were really bad. Um, I was constantly being asked to like get help by teachers after school, or I was constantly being told maybe I had ADD or ADHD. And I never really disclosed that I had started this blog. It wasn't important. And I would say between the ages of 12 and 14, I just really was filled with ideas. I can't tell you to have the brain that I have. Everyone has a different brain. My brain happens to be way more outside of the box, just the way that I think. I was unable to sit and study. I was unable to sit and like have one-to-one conversations with people really at a young age, people in my peer group, my friends. But I always had these new ideas. Like I would see something on the news or I would see something in a magazine or an article someone wrote and I would just reach out to them and introduce myself. And if you go through my website now, you'll see I've done a lot of emails. I've posted a lot of past emails or even if you search uh, pitches that I've done. And so my pitch now when I'm kind of selling myself or pitching the summit is totally different than what it was. But I really would just send these emails out to everyone, uh, producers, designers, got myself invited to Fashion Week. And then about between 14 and 16, 
I thought the only way I really would be successful was if I was to be a model. My sister had been a very successful model. Many of you might have seen her occasionally on my social media. I literally haven't seen her in two years because of COVID. She also lives in Turkey. So half the time, it's like not really safe to be flying there. But I'm excited. I'm going there in February and I haven't seen her in a while. But she was really an influence with me in the fashion industry because I was able to constantly be around her. Like I had a place to stay when I would go to New York because she lived there. Uh, She lived in Chelsea. And I remember the rent was like $750 for a one bedroom. I mean, imagine that back in 2013, you literally could get a one bedroom in downtown Manhattan for $700. That's insane. And so I would hang out with a lot of her friends and I was way too young to be seeing half of the shit that I saw, but I saw it and I got this kind of like inkling. I just loved it. I loved attention. I loved being in front of a camera. And from a really young age, I always just was able to know like, again, I'm very uncomfortable talking to kids my age. I'm really antisocial in that way. But the minute I got in front of a camera, I just became so naturally comfortable. I had like a really shitty Nikon camera. I remember my mom had bought me for my birthday that was like a hundred bucks. That's how I would take all my pictures and stuff. But it wasn't like I had money. I wasn't in prep school. I wasn't in that crowd. So I was constantly seeing it as I enabled myself to be in front of it. But I was always an outsider in that perspective because I really wasn't in that. I wasn't in that crowd. I didn't know these kids from high school or middle school. So anywho, uh, between 14 and 16, I ended up getting signed by a modeling agency. I had submitted to an open call online and I had an agent who was a pretty big agent and my mom was very against it because she had seen my sister truly deal with some very dark stuff being a model, the drugs, the alcohol, the eating and lack thereof. She was pretty petrified I would go down that road. That being said... I didn't have much influence in my life. Like my dad really wasn't around. My mom was dealing with the fact that he wasn't around and trying to be able to pay for me to live and be a kid. And my sister was too old. So a lot of these experiences I had, I was dealing with on my own. And I think that's, again, how I'm able to do what I do now is because these experiences that I've had play a part, the good and the bad and everything that I talk about. And I would never shy away from talking about anything because I've pretty much at this point, I feel like dealt with it all. And I'm only 23. So I get signed with this modeling agency. And it was pretty unsuccessful. I'd say I got a few things. My mom was really against it. Uh, I began to become obsessed with my weight. I was constantly measuring myself. There was measuring tapes around my hips and my waist all the time. I wasn't eating enough. I was exercising too enough, too much. And I was doing really well at covering it up because I was just so outside of the box anyway. So that anytime I think anyone would acknowledge that I was kind of struggling with some stuff. It would be like, but you're able to go on TV or you're able to do this, which I slowly had started doing as well, emailing pitches to producers. The first one that I found was on Fox, Connecticut. I remember going on LinkedIn and just trying to write this email first name dot last name Fox TV. And within 10 minutes, I remember getting a phone call from this producer being like, this is great. It's back to school. Can you come on the show? I think he said next week. I started freaking out, of course. And I went to the mall and I bought all this stuff. I made my mom buy me the stuff that I told her I would return. And I wore this really cute uh, Banana Republic blazer. And I went on TV and it was a very interesting experience for me. I don't think I remember too much of it, but I remember walking onto set and just feeling so 
comfortable. And the way that people walk into, I don't know, um, like a first date or I guess maybe actually not a first date. Like, I don't I don't know, a meeting or someone that they are intrigued to me. I just felt so comfortable on that TV set. And I think my mom really saw that from me. But I don't think anyone really, again, expected me to continue on. So I do that first TV segment. And then from there, I had started a LinkedIn page. This was all happening while I was in school. So I was pretty much just staying above ground in school. My mom, I never found to be very strict with me on classes. So I just did the best I could. Um, I I never really got in with like a bad crowd. I just didn't have a lot of friends. So I, I don't remember many of them. Like I wasn't the type of kid who was sneaking alcohol and like drinking it after school. I just remember feeling very alone a lot of the time. I remember really feeling just so confused with the fact that I was almost so angry at my mind that I was unable to be cool and fit in because I love to do other things and no one really liked to do these other things that I like to do, like write or, I don't know, be in New York or do these things that a lot of people at that age especially don't want to do. And so I got that first TV segment and then I pitched another TV segment and had also started a LinkedIn page and had been just started getting reached out to by a few different companies. My sister had known a guy in New York and he had asked me to run the social media, I think like $200 a month, right when social media was starting. Um, And so I, I don't even, I can't even remember the amount of Instagram followers I had. It was like, I literally would just be posting my cat and my food pictures all day. There was no influencing terminology. I did call myself a blogger, but the word successful didn't even it didn't even apply. So he was he was happy to pay me that and I really learned a lot from that experience. I went to the library and I checked out the self-help books and I was just staying above water in school, but I wasn't I wasn't failing out, like I wasn't getting kicked out of school. I just, half the time I would skip my classes, but I would come up with some really good excuse or I would call the, I would call the uh, attendance line as my mom and I would call out and just not go. And she didn't know that. I really also half the other time would convince her to um, say that I had Lyme disease or that I was like, my nails, like why I couldn't stop scratching my nails. I don't know, like random stuff because I would just cry. I really didn't want to go to school. But most of the time she did make me go to school. And so when I started this LinkedIn page, he had hired me and then he referred me to a girl. I think he had used to date her named Brittany. I was still living at home at this time and she was an on-air personality, like true on-air personality back in the day, kind of like an Ellen or an Oprah. But she was doing all of these TV segments. And I remember one day I would go to sets with her as often as I could in New York on the weekends. My mom would drive me to the bus in Hartford and I honestly would just take it down on my own and then take it back up on my own. And I slowly began to realize that that was the scene that I loved. I loved being, like I said, in front of the camera, but I also just loved the energy on set. And so she really gave me a ton of responsibility. I think she had actually offered to pay me maybe five or 600, I want to say, a month at like 15, give or take. Like I think she would give me maybe like 100 one week and then maybe like 150 another week and then like some little bonuses and stuff. But I wasn't an LLC or anything. I wasn't a sole proprietorship. It really was just me. This was even before Venmo was around. Like she wasn't even, I don't, I, I'm trying to think of how I even got paid. I want to say PayPal was probably how I was getting paid. 
And so I began to really realize how she was making money off of it because she would reach out to these brands and she would go on air and she would promote them. And then from there, I never disclosed my age, but I did start to get kind of bombarded by different companies. I had just listed myself as a social media manager and I just started to get a lot of inquiries from different people who were like, can you manage my social media? And I remember getting reached out to by a woman out in California who had started a glovewear company and she was paying me such low money, but I was running to the bathroom in high school um, just replying to her emails. I remember her name is Kelly. She's very neurotic. I'm so sorry, Kelly, if you ever listened to this, but I remember feeling I think you gave me such severe anxiety because you would bombard me with text messages and I couldn't disclose my age (laughs) because you didn't know that I couldn't even legally drink. And I was in science class when I would be replying to you half the time. But I was using platforms like Hootsuite to schedule these posts while I was in school. And then I was starting to make some money from there. And then basically what happened is I felt like I really was kind of starting to get lost throughout that year, 16 to 17. I really struggled with my body. I felt very out of touch with my feelings. But I was able to really cover it up by writing and going on TV. And then I actually was considering going to college. I think I might have mentioned that on here a few times or throughout my journey. I really wanted to go to NYU. Uh, so I applied to NYU and I applied to Mary, Marymount University. I applied to the Tisch program at NYU and I didn't get in, but I got into Marymount and I just remember going and I remember going to New York with my mom and doing a few tours. We toured, uh, the, oh my gosh, I can't even remember the name, but the university in Union Square, the fashion one, Parsons, I think. I toured, toured Parsons. I toured LIM. I toured FIT. And my my heart just wasn't in it. Like I would go on these tours and I would be around these people and my heart just really wasn't in it. That being said, I had done a few different internships with different companies that I would get during the summer or whatever. I ended up getting one with LIM that I ended up like hating, but I used them to be able to stay in the city. They had given me a scholarship. I had written a letter. I think I was probably 16 and I got like two months free and I had to go to these classes every day to learn about fashion. Uh, but the, the housing is what I wanted. So I would tell my mom I was going to these classes and I wasn't showing up to any of them. I was just using them to be in this like five dorm apartment on the Upper West Side. And then I kind of at that point was able to really pursue my blog. And I did have an internship at the same same time in the city that I had found on Craigslist, a small shoe company called IX, I think it's I think it's supposed to be Eek style, but I always called it IX, founded by this girl, Francesca Kennedy, who was really cool. And I was going in there and I remember it was in Tribeca. And again, it was just like I felt so captivated by the industry, being around those girls and just the lifestyle and like going to fashion week and, you know, you, the models and all of it. I was I was obsessed with it. But like a healthy obsession, I just, I wanted more. And so I got that internship and I think I ended up getting let go from it because I used her office to literally just do my blog. And anytime I think she would walk by, I would have like seven screens up and one of them would be like her homepage and the other would all be like my website or LinkedIn. And so she, she let me go. Um, But she was, she was really cool. And again, that was just another experience for me. And I really learned how much I hated working for someone else. But again, I was under the impression, even when I dropped out of high school, that I would still have to work from someone for someone else because I didn't think I could do this. And why would I think I could do this? There was no 
I didn't have any expectations to be able to do this. And that's why I've been successful is because I literally just, I said yes to everything and no to, to very little. And I just found out as much as possible about myself. But there was actually something I remember that I just missed. When I was about 14, maybe 13, there is an acting camp called Stage Door Manor. I remember I had read about it in People magazine. And my mom is a nurse. So she, when I was growing up, she would always try and make me get into these camps and classes, the ones that were free for h camps. She wanted me to be social. She wanted me to be like a normal kid like my sister who could do those things. And I couldn't, but she would still encourage me to do them. So I did a local day camp in the area. I did 4-H camp. I hated every single one of them. I used to just cry and cry and cry that I would be going to it. But then I remember finding this acting camp and it was called Stage Door Manor. And I did really want to be an actress and a model um, before I had even really gotten into the industry. And so I asked my mom if I could basically try and get her a job at Stage Door. It was $5,000 for two weeks in the middle of nowhere in upstate New York called Lock Shell Drake. And I said, if I get you a job at Stage Door Manor, will you go? Will you take two weeks off? She would get paid at stage door and go. And she pretty much said no. And I ended up actually applying for myself and applying for her to go and got accepted. And it was the most memorable experience of my life. And the reason I say this is because, like I said, I've never been in this world besides what I had kind of gotten glimpses of from my sister. And she wasn't born into it. None of us were born into it. But when you're able to see it and you're able to have that perspective because you weren't born into it, it was literally Gossip Girl. I um, I was at camp with literally Ansel Elgore. I was at camp with all of these people. I mean, it was the camp that all the casting directors would travel upstate New York to you to get to scout people. Uh, all of the celebrities' kids went there. Leighton Meester was there. Her brother was there. Everyone. And I was obsessed. And there was – I got – roomed with five girls and we had to go to classes every day acting acting classes every day some some people were singers some were actresses a lot of I mean it was 99% incredibly wealthy trust fund kids which when I use that term trust fund kids it's not a bad thing it's just kids who had a lot of money who were able to do these things and quite often I found actually were way unhappier than a lot of the kids who didn't have those experiences because a lot of times I remember seeing countless kids who would like go in and just cry because their mom, their parents didn't want them. They would pay 15 grand to stage door and send them to camp to get them out of the Hamptons house in the summer. And it was really sad. But obviously I was there with such excitement because my mom was the nurse and she slept there and the poor thing. But anyhow, I was roomed with five girls and the other girl was Serena. And maybe you've seen Serena on my social media, but her mom was also the nurse. So it was like me and Serena in the room and then three girls, three girls. One of them's actually now a very successful opera singer. The other girl works for the Today Show. And then there was two other girls. I have no clue where they ended up. Uh, but we would go to these acting classes all day. And then at the end of the two weeks, there was a show. But I just remember I loved, again, the attention. I loved being in front of the camera. But I also was getting more of a glimpse into the industry. I was getting more of a glimpse into what these people were really like. These executives almost and the casting directors, but also the people, the kids that were so wealthy. And I would always be so jealous I didn't have that wealth, but yet they were so miserable. Many of them, not all of them. And so, so yeah, so now let's forward back to, so I 
I loved Stage Door. I only ended up going for one one season or I guess one camp thing, whatever. But it was a really incredible experience. And I met my best friend, Serena, there. And we both live in L.A. now. And she's trying to be a musician. And I love her. Um, I love you, Serena. Uh, but, yeah, so I ended up convincing my mom pretty much to let me transfer to online school, which is funny enough. I just did last year a partnership with Keystone, which is the online school that I uh, graduated from. And I approached the guidance counselor and I said, look, I am very college bound. I went to a very big high school, but a lot of people knew that I was, I think like on the TV, they would see it on Facebook or like someone's mom would post about it. And I had written a pitch email. I would write them all the time and I would email obviously always within 24 hours, (laughs) a little aggressive if I didn't hear back. And so I went in to have a meeting with the guidance counselor. My mom dropped me off. And when you're in high school, you don't have classes all day. I remember there would be like hours throughout the day. And if my mom was off, she would come and pick me up. And so she brought me back to the school and he was very against the idea. He thought it was absolutely insane. I was college bound at the time, but I remember just trying to explain to him that like my brain was broken with school. I couldn't do it. And I was like, what? If I stay here, I'm going to fail out. I'm not going to college. And I remember being like, what is the alternative? And he was like, it's definitely not online school. Like, have you tried medication? And I was like, no, I'm not. So I walked out of that meeting very frustrated at my high school. And I got in the car with my mom. And the minute I walked out, got a phone call from Rachel Ray, the producer there, Brittany. I don't think she works there anymore. And she was like, Alexa, we got your email. Like, can you literally come on the show? You might not know Rachel Ray, but back then it was like, Ellen, Oprah, Rachel Ray, Whitney, Wendy Williams, um, and the Today Show. And I freaked out and kind of saw that as a moment of a little bit of success because that's a bi- that was a big show. Now Rachel's known, but not she's not on the level of like Oprah. And so the following week, I took the day off of school and I went down and I did the segment. And I remember everything so clearly in the hair and makeup room. And there were so many celebrities there who were going on air. And it was just really incredible. And I didn't make any money off of it. I actually almost got sued after Rachel Ray because I had gotten free clothing and I didn't return the clothing. And I didn't know I had returned the clothing. But I also was constantly signing contracts underage because no one thought I was 16. So I did this segment and it was successful. And then I went back home. And basically between like that year, I was struggling with that eating disorder. I was doing a lot of different TV segments and starting to make money off of it. Finished high school online and had decided to take over this girl's sublet in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. I moved there, didn't like kind of told my parents, but didn't really. Basically was like, I'm going for the week. I'll be back in a week and just never went back. And I ended up that week going into a Sally Beauty supply store, finding a company called Zoto's Professional and emailing the woman and being like, I have an idea. And she was like, what's your idea? And I was like, I don't even know. I'd never seen this done before. But like, what if I just take over your Instagram page? And I think because I I wasn't acid at that time because I had been on TV segments. It wasn't like I was a nobody pitching brands and I had 100 Instagram followers. I was on the Rachel Ray show. I was on Fox. So That was like highly valued at that point, more so then than now, because people are way into social media and the numbers now, whereas then they really wanted to see that kind of traction. And she literally, I remember within 10 minutes, replied and was like, yeah, like how how about $1,500? And I was like, um, what? 
okay. And I took the $1,500. I did the Instagram takeover. I did a few more things with them. I had them on a few of the TV segments. And I was living in a five-bedroom apartment on the floor in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, writing every day. I finished uh, high school, I guess you'd call it, got a GED. My mom, I don't remember, ever really asked me. No, sorry, I didn't get a GED. I got a diploma, but I really still don't know if I ever actually graduated high school. It was very odd. But let's not talk about that. Uh, I I was never asked by my mom about college, I remember, after that. I, I don't know why, actually, but she was very much kind of just, like, not super go to college, I think, maybe because my sister had gone and, and wasn't even really following it. She was just kind of working jobs that it seemed like she didn't even need to go to college for. So I basically started doing that and then started pitching those TV segments and was really leaving New York a lot and doing a lot of those segments on my own and constantly emailing hotels to get them for free and working with these brands and illegally signing contracts. And then when I was 18, I decided to accept this offer I had been given by Talkspace, which was an online therapy platform. They had emailed me. I can't remember why. I think I had posted an article that went kind of viral on the Huffington Post. I had also started doing a lot of like freelance writing. I wasn't paid for it, but I was emailing these uh, editors and asking, will you have me write this article? Girls Life Magazine, one of the sponsors of the first Be Fearless Summit, they headlined it. Uh, Kelsey was amazing. I remember emailing her and she replied and let me write an article for Girls Life, which was really cool. Uh, So that was really awesome. But I... um, what was I saying? I was doing uh, many of the TV segments, but I was also doing a lot of writing too on my website, but more so even on these other platforms like Parade Magazine and Huffington Post. Anyway, I think Talkspace had seen an article and asked me if I wanted to be on this panel in New York, which was my first public speaking experience. I was brought down to New York. I wasn't there at the time. I think I actually was somewhere else, like a TV segment in D.C. So I remember I think they flew me down from D.C. and paid for my travel. And I did this amazing panel with them. There's about four other people on the panel, all older than me. My mom even came to New York. It was very cool. I got a free hotel, the Sanctuary Hotel in Times Square, I think. And I walked away from the panel just feeling very invigorated. I was getting approached left and right by people after the talk. It was a lot of industry people because it was a huge, it is a huge therapy platform, but it was a lot of press there surrounding therapy. Mental health was just starting to be destigmatized, I would say. It wasn't anywhere near it is now, but it was getting there. And so I walked away from the panel and was uh, in conversation with one of the panelists, Steve, and him and I He was from Boston and he and I decided over about like the next four months to start this nonprofit. And so I told my mom I wanted to move from New York to Boston because I was getting really burnt out. I was not the right age to be living there alone. It was so difficult. It was so exhausting. But I'd also met a guy on Tinder who I started dating. I talked about him in my, uh, I think, the first episode of The New Unfiltered. And he was going to Northeastern. And because we had been dating, I um, became very good friends with a lot of his friends. And they all were in New York doing – Northeastern has this program that's like you go to school for six months and then you do an internship for six months. And I remember after the six months, I just wasn't like, I don't want to be here alone. I really like these friends. And they were so nice. And so they all went to back to Boston to finish at Northeastern. And I – 
was pretty much ready to leave New York. I didn't really feel like I got to actually experience it. In the course of me living in Bed-Stuy, I then ended up moving to the financial district. I was paying $1,500 a month for rent. Oh my gosh, it was very traumatizing in a literal box, no windows. It was so expensive. I honestly don't even know how I was affording it. And it was only a sublease. But when the lease ended, I was like, I'm going to move to Boston and I'm going to start this nonprofit. And so I moved there. I found an apartment on Craigslist out in Somerville. I moved in with this guy who was like literally crazy. And I lived with him for I think it was actually another six month lease and launched this nonprofit with Steve called Media Impact and Navigation for Teens. Some of you who have known me from the beginning might kind of remember the the nonprofit, but honestly, like it's kind of faded out. I'm very much putting a ton of attention into the summit program, and it's hard when I'm not based in Boston anymore. That being said, it was and is it's still an established nonprofit, and I would love one day to pick it back up. I just don't know right now it's the right thing for me to do. I just don't have the time. Um, but we did work on that for about a year and a half, and I lived there, and I had about three different apartments in Boston. Um, and the the nonprofit was bringing in some money, not a lot of money, but I was really able to stay above water by doing these TV segments. And I was just always so exhausted. I uh, was very overwhelmed for someone my age. I was constantly on an airplane and not in like fun ways. This is traveling. It was, it became just so monotonous, the, the brands. And then I for many months, actually, when I first started, I didn't even know that people would have contracts. So I constantly was getting screwed over. So I would put, this is how I got into so much debt, which I talk about. I would put the flights and the hotel, if I had to pay in any food on, on a credit card that I took out. No one knew that. My parents definitely didn't knew that, didn't know that. And then a lot of times I would be getting paid, say, $1,500 for one TV segment. And I would have put five or $600 in travel on the credit card. And then I would get fucked over because people in the industry suck. And I would just break down crying so many moments because you would get talking points. So I would go on air. I would reach out to say a brand, let's say Target. I actually never really worked with Target, but we use them as an example. I would reach out to Target and say, Target, I'm doing this segment on Fox. The cost to participate is $500. Are you interested? And the PR person, which is the person I would always reach out to, would reply and say, sure, we're interested. Um, Here's the talking points verbatim, like, it was at, and it was fully acting. It would be like this dress is available in sizes 1x to 2x at target.com from March 1st to March 31st. And you say one thing wrong a lot of times and unless you're working with someone incredible, which I'm very fortunate to say I have worked with amazing people, you'll get fucked over because you didn't say the t- I would say March 1st to March 29th and it's like, "Ah, oh, everyone wants to not pay someone. And I wasn't for a while in LLC at the beginning. So I didn't really have anything that I could say. So I was the classic breaking down in airports. Finally, I realized I needed to get a contract. Um, But when I was living in Boston, I was really making a living off of doing those TV segments every month and just completely running myself dry. But that kind of gave me the ability to pursue the nonprofit and 
open up about my mental health with more people and talk to more people. We were able to bring that program to actually a lot of different schools, Houston, Texas. Uh, We did something in Boston. We did something in inner city, Hartford, Connecticut. And it was really amazing. And then I did that for about three years. And a lot of my friends, actually, Serena was going to Northeastern, the girl Julia, who I went to stage door with. I had made a lot of friends there. I was able to almost go to college by being around my friends, but not go to college. So I would work during the day and communicate with these brands and focus on pitching the nonprofit out. And then I would be able to go to frat parties and I would be able to like learn how to smoke weed with my cool college friends. And uh, I didn't need a fake ID because they were all over the age. And it was just really fun. It was, it was, they were all living at the dorms. And so we would, I would go to those frat parties and I would meet a lot of people and we would go to Harvard frat parties. And, but again, I wasn't in college, but I remember so many times where I would be talking to someone and then be like, oh, what college do you go to? And I think I remember after every, like during every party, I would go in with a game plan. I just, I never wanted to be like, I never used the word entrepreneur, really. I just didn't want to go. Sometimes it's kind of exhausting. And especially back then, I was very insecure. I was able to really hide that when I was on TV. But I was very insecure. And so I didn't want a guy to like think I was weird because I was a blogger. So I would be like, oh, I go to NYU. I go to Harvard. I go to Yale. I always had a game plan. And I would always try that if someone did ask me where I go to school, my friends were either too drunk or too far away on the other side of the room to hear me to where I would say like, I'm in school. And they would be like, you go, what? You, you're, you're at Yale? Because they would know I was obviously joking. And so over the course of the three years, I had a great run in Boston. And then slowly, honestly, a lot of my friends left. They all moved to different places. They all got real jobs. They were always also older than me, many of my friends. So it was kind of just the natural progression. Boston is an amazing city. I really do see myself moving back there one day, I think. But that being said, it's very young. It's very much like frat heavy and college heavy and party heavy. And I just don't, I never found it to be a place that I felt like I really could build a company in. As much as I really liked the nonprofit, I still began to realize that my ultimate goal was to get a TV show. And it unfortunately became increasingly obvious to me as I lived in Boston that I was going to follow a way more traditional path, even being an entrepreneur in Boston, because there's just less, less opportunity. And so what ended up happening is my friend at the time, Gabe, I always looked at LA as this kind of crazy place that I would never move to. And I had had the opportunity to go out there a few times for TV segments I was pitching. But I kind of convinced Gabe and was like, go to LA with me. He had also transferred to online school. So we both were in this kind of limbo zone of, I think he was always very much like, I don't know what I want to do, but I will kind of follow you because I was very aggressive and being like, I think if I'm successful, you'll be there with me and I want you by my side. So he was willing to just follow me around because it was kind of like, why not? This was when YouTube became very big. So when we when we moved there, it was really like Tyler Oakley and Bethany Mata and Lohanthony. They were the people. They weren't Instagrammers. They were YouTubers. And so we moved there for three months. And in that three-month period, I had found a producer list online and emailed it to a bunch of producers and got a reply from Radio Disney. I had also been in touch with a manager who had pretty much scouted me on a TV segment, a pretty big firm. There's like a lot of firms in in management, but there's kind of the top five. You might have heard of CAA and WME and ICM. And so my management company was one of the like top 10, but not the top five. 
And so they took a meeting with me and were like, what do you have going on? Tell us about yourself. And I was like, well, I do a lot of these different things and I make a living off of the TV segments, but I did get a reply from someone at Disney and they want to set a meeting. I didn't expect anything to come of Disney, to be honest. I wrote a pitch email that was very, I remember, I honestly don't, can't even find the email. I don't know where it went in my mailbox, but it was very just basic. Like I'm Alexa Curtis. I've been on these TV segments. I cover these topics. I had just started the Fearless Fridays thing where I was doing this fearless thing every Friday. I wasn't doing really too many speaking engagements, but I think the mental health part, the nonprofit aspect of it was really an intrigue to them. So anyhow, so they, Eileen, who's my manager, took me on pretty much that day. And I was kind of like broke. I was really doing the serving artist thing. I had these awful apartments and these nutcase roommates and always found myself to be living on the floor. I think now I actually will go to people's houses and like it's kind of weird, but I really enjoy sleeping on the floor. I don't often sleep on the floor, but if presented the opportunity, I find being on the floor very comfortable. Like a mattress on the floor, not just on the floor, just like a a little mattress on the floor. Some pillows, really, really good. Anyhow, so... I go into the meeting with Disney and long story short, obviously that show became a show on Disney and I signed a contract and that's why I stayed there. And that that year for me was pretty monumental in my career because it was not only my first big yes, but I like to think of it as it's I kind of consider them these money moments. I would walk away from a interview or I would be in a meeting with an executive and I would just get some really great feedback about an interview or how well I performed. And it was kind of those moments that I started realizing like, I'm I'm doing this, I'm doing this for a career. I'm now an LLC and I don't know what's gonna happen, but I think that this is really gonna be something. And so I had that show on the air for a year and it was awesome. And my first apartment, I was showing up at the Disney studios interviewing these huge celebrities. And I literally also was sleeping on the, carpet in West Hollywood at Park La Brea Apartments with two roommates, two girls who were trying to be actresses. And it was very difficult for me to fit into that vibe. Like we never hung out. I hated that apartment. I didn't have a car. I was Ubering every day and making very little money, to be honest, at Disney from West Hollywood to Burbank. And then Serena moved out there about six months into me having this show and we ended up living together in Hollywood with our other friend who I had never met. Now I'm good friends with her, Nike. So we all lived together in this apartment and that was more fun. I mean, when you're living with a friend, sometimes it can be really difficult, but we were all just like really chill. We all were kind of antisocial and very creative and very much in our own heads. So it worked for us. Whereas when I had many other roommates, it just, it didn't, it didn't work for me. And then... I had this that show for the first six months. And then um, what ended up happening is that it was only a sublet. So I ended up moving out to another apartment in Hollywood too that was like a studio on Wilcox Avenue in Hollywood. And I lived there and was simultaneously hosting my podcast, This Is Life Unfiltered, and the Disney show, and just learning so much every day. I was making money, obviously, to do this full time, and I just was like learning, and I was so excited, and I was constantly getting yelled at at Disney, but every time I got yelled at for talking too fast or doing something too wrong or sending executives emails at 5 a.m. that I didn't know was like not appropriate to send, I was learning something because I I had never worked a corporate job. I had never worked for someone else, and though it was my own show and I had all the flexibility 
I was working under a bigger company. And so there was so, so much protocol I had to follow that I never really had done. And it was a huge adjustment for me that first six months. And then when I was there, I started the summit program. And now I guess that's kind of that wraps into me now. So I started at Disney when I was, I think I got the show when I was 19 or 20. And now I'm 23. And that show, I only signed a one-year contract with Disney. Oddly enough, my lawyer and my manager were the ones who said to sign one year. Disney wanted me to sign two years, but we decided not to do that. I think that their their mindset behind it was that Disney was always going to be a stepping stone for me because they all of us knew that I was going to be very filtered and I had built a brand being unfiltered and looking back I wish I had given myself a little bit more credit I got so caught up in the hype and the anger when things didn't go right that I never really stood back and was like oh my god I got this show on my own no one there I was I was kind of an anomaly at Disney no one there had had this kind of story people were constantly asking me like just to confirm, who did you know to get in here? And I was like, I just wrote an email. Like, I just wrote a little email and got a meeting. And it was just very, very rare because that stuff really doesn't happen because people don't write those emails, which is why I'm telling you, write the email, do it. Nothing might happen, but something might happen. And it certainly did for me. And so then I left Disney because now I'm actually glad I didn't sign for two years because Radio Disney has sadly close their doors for the future and then the summit program was really a success when I first made that first summit happen and that brings us to today this felt like a very long story about my life and there's a lot more that has happened in between it but I want you to walk away from listening to this episode if you made it to this point in the episode to realize how much I tried It wasn't like I just posted a blog post and then I had this idea and then I started a summit and got a show on Disney. No, 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 no. It was me thinking I had to go to college to me failing out of school to then me making a lot of friends in a city to then me pretty much following them to another city to starting a nonprofit that was successful but I didn't put as much as I could into it to then starting a podcast and then I got the Disney show and then I started the summit program and now it's like... The world is truly my oyster and I want all of you to remember that just because you see something online or someone who seems very successful in a small amount of time, I truly encourage you to go back through their story and take the bits and pieces that inspire you and let that lead you because I have faced way more no's than yeses in this particular industry and to break into it, you have to be so willing to accept that you will not make it until you make it. And I think that that humbleness is something I'm seeing really lacking in a lot of people right now is the ability to to acknowledge how hard you have to work because it's so easy to get so frustrated when you're not getting those results. But look at me. I mean, was I frustrated every time I, number one, didn't get paid from a company because I screwed up the talking points? Always. Was I frustrated when Disney didn't renew the show and then they closed down the company? Yes. Uh, Was I beside myself for six months when I pitched the Be Fearless Summit out before I got Drexel to say yes, trying to understand why this made so much sense in my brain, but I couldn't get someone to approve it? Of course. But it all worked out in its own way strictly because I I didn't give up. Rejection is one part of it, but 
the innate sense that you have to have and the self-awareness of knowing that it will work out in its own way and that a no is just a no right now, but it's certainly probably a yes in two years. It just might not be that exact same yes. It's so important. It's so important. Um, And I, I truly just hope my story and how I feel like I've been able to pivot through so many different things and take internships and get fired from internships and work for one company and now really be doing this on my own and be a full full fledged startup at this point with a team that's amazing is captivating but it's it wasn't always like this and so in the moments that you're frustrated or you're confused honestly just write an email to someone just introduce yourself to someone it might be a company you think you want to work for and then you realize you don't but you've taken the first step to find out something about yourself and the more you find out about yourself the more in tune you're going to be to where when you're at the place that i am right now in my career where i am successful and becoming more successful i can look back and genuinely say all of those moments of weakness and the rejection were worth and and continue to be worth every single second of self-doubt. So that's all for this week's episode. I am flying back. I will have flown back to LA from Austin by the time this comes out. And I will be in LA for about two weeks and then fly to Turkey and then go back to LA and then slowly make the transition to Austin. I've been getting a lot of messages about like leaving LA and stuff. I'm not giving up my apartment in LA. I'm keeping my apartment, which is actually now on a month-to-month lease up until the summer. I'm just curious to see if LA bounces back and if so, how it does. And if it doesn't, then I would sell all my furniture and leave. But I really just want to play it by ear and kind of test things out and be fearless in the journey to going to a new city now that I'm kind of scared honestly to start over again but not start over so yeah so it's exciting but I will be starting this new season with the call-in show very soon so I will have a phone number for you to call in with your thoughts and your problems and your relationships ASAP so start thinking about questions you have that you'd want to call in with and I'm really excited to start this new chapter Thank you if you have been following me from the beginning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you still like me as much as you did back in 2011. And if you're new to this fearless journey, this is going to change your life. I hopefully will inspire you. But these new programs I'm starting and the guests that I've had on and will have on will really change your life and put it in the right direction. So I love you guys. I will see you very soon and stay unfiltered. 